I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Home is where you should feel the safest, but the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. We can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit Bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant, whatever it takes. This gorgeous woman was the first African-American model to be featured on the cover of American Vogue in 1974. And the Beverly first- Johnson. Yes. <laughs> it's fashion weeks around the world. Well, so I thought you this know me. Good. You know I am going to know that. It's about Vogue. It's about how she slayed yeah, yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slay, Bev. First, Bev. <laughs> Hello. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. How are you? Pushing through. That's right. <laughs> we are pushing on. Yes, we are. Um, are you ready? Yes, I think. Okay. <laughs> Let's get started on your business. So, yeah, our first your business news item is black actresses making boss moves boss. this week. So Issa Rae, who we all know from Insecure, and before that, Awkward Black Girl, and a bunch of other stuff she's been and in little. since Insecure and Little. Remember when we saw Little together? Oh. <laughs> Are we going to talk about Hustlers? Maybe. Okay. Maybe we should yep. later. Because I know you didn't like it. I didn't. It felt like Little <laughs> and Girls Trip to Stop me. Stop it. It did. Anyway, <laughs> so Issa Rae <laughs> um, announced, uh, well, actually Variety uh, reported this week that she had invested in a company called Streamlytics. And Streamlytics is owned by this uh, black woman named Angela Benton, who uh, is known for early on in the in the days of like blogs and things. She uh, started a website called Black Web 2.0 and, and went on to start the New Me Accelerator. So Issa acquired... Um, Sorry, invested uh, in Streamlytics for an undisclosed amount for a minority stake, which is very cool. And then Gabrielle Union, um, an actress we all should be familiar with, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is bringing a show called Black Magic. Sorry, she's bringing a show called Black Girl Magic to NBC through her own production company, um, which is cool. The show um, is called that? Yeah. The show is. <laughs> is she gonna give any money to like the originator of the phrase, or we're just gonna keep? You know, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah. I would hope. But then I, I feel like somebody else trademarked it recently, so yeah, which I thought was not nice. Yeah, knowing it's, it's that so you didn't create to me, like it. these little economies and like right. squabbles that arise uh, arise from like the mainstreaming of black culture. Well, and to me, the mainstreaming, and then when we decide that it can't just be in the zeitgeist and someone has to make money from it. That's what I think is weird. It's like, we've all been saying black girl magic. We've all been saying eyebrows on fleek, right? But then it's like, at some point, somebody's like, you know what? I'm going to own this. And you know, and I wouldn't, 
it would not surprise me if NBC was the one who said we gotta call this Black Girl Magic. Yeah, yeah but if it's her production company, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> hmm. so Gabrielle Union, she will serve as exec- executive producer of Black Girl Magic. It's a comedy about three sisters who travel to New Orleans and discover a family secret. Um, and <laughs> what's the magic? I don't. Oh, know. is it that they're witches? <laughs> Is this like it's Hocus Pocus secret, for Blacks? Supernatural something. Who knows? But twitches? it's also a comedy. So. Did you see Twitches? I did it. Oh. Nothing. It's the Maori sisters. I, I figured. <laughs> for some reason, I knew it was like some yeah. black twins. Yeah, it's black Disney twins. twins, Twitches, and um, they're twi- <laughs> twin witches. I just thought this was cool because typically, you know, we see like black male actors and athletes, like, you know, black folks with a lot of money, <laughs> like doing... Um, like being celebrated as investors and entrepreneurs, but we haven't seen that a lot from black women um, with money who are like making visible business moves, showing that, you know, black folks are increasingly pursuing entrepreneurship um, in the public eye. And we're getting the bank to do it, which is very necessary. Um, So my culture and entertainment topic this week was did you see the name michelle williams trending this week i didn't so i feel like something happened this week that made me recognize that like white culture and black culture are such are very different things so obviously like there is michelle williams who do you think of when i say michelle williams you already know the answer to that (laughs) tell the people (laughs) like I always think of Michelle Williams, Destiny's Child. Right. Um, but I also know that whenever you talk about the entertainment industry or, or Emmys or whatever, right. I'm thinking Michelle Williams, who you know is was on the Dawson's other one. Creek right. and um, yes, Brokeback Mountain. <clears throat> oh, I didn't see that, but she was in Blue Valentine, which I thought was a good movie. Hmm. So, white Michelle Williams. <laughs> Won an Emmy this week. The one who didn't fall on BT while they, while she was in the soldier. Aw, Michelle. Ah, <laughs> oh, Michelle. Oh, um, a moment. So, yes, other Michelle Williams was won an Emmy this week for her role in Fosse slash Verdon, where she played Gwen Verdon. She won the award for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited Series or Movie. Is that supposed to be Bob Fosse's wife? I don't know if it's his wife, but it's about Fosse, the the movie. And I've heard it's very good. Hmm. Um, So she won that. In her speech, she says how she was able to come to the production company and ask for literally, like, whatever extra lessons, whatever kind of extra research she needed. And she was given it to that. And it was given to her. And so at the end of this speech, she says, and so the next time a woman, and especially a woman of color, because she stands to make 52 cents on the dollar compared to their white male counterpart, tells you that she what she needs in order to do her job. Listen to her. Believe her. Because one day she might stand in front of you and say thank you for allowing her to succeed because of her workplace environment and not in spite of it. So she had a moment of allyship at the end Uh-oh. of this speech. <laughs> And it's, it's, you know, she's spoken out against general gender pay gap. Um, in 2018, she realized that she was paid less than 1% of what Mark Wahlberg was played for the movie they were in together, All Money in the World, All the mm. Money in the World. And she made a big stink about it, as she should. And Wahlberg ended up donating his entire $1.5 million salary to Time's Up. 
because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's spoken up a lot, a lot about this. I think this is the first time I've heard her do the separation between like, yes, women are pay- paid less, but black women are paid way less. Mm-hmm. Um, and so conservatives were not happy about it. And they took to social media to at Michelle Williams and like just try to drag her. And then they end up adding Dr. Yes, Michelle. because... <laughs> It's at Michelle Williams. White Michelle Williams is at Michelle Ingrid Williams. Um, Black Michelle Williams is at Michelle Williams. That's right, Michelle. You better get the yes, real Michelle right? Williams. The first Michelle. <laughs> so your girl, Destiny's Child Michelle Williams, does a Facebook Live where she's just like, don't y'all realize I'm black? Like, you didn't see this woman on stage and you, like, look at my icon. Like, it's obviously not me. And, like, she just was like, I'm tired of this. And I'm with her old country self. I love it. It was very... We I just, have like, to include that in the show notes. Yes, I loved it. And to me, the takeaway I took from this, or the kind of topic I wanted to bring up, is kind of this complicated nature of allyship, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we want... And we've talked about this with the Ch- Chelsea Handler documentary. Like, mm-hmm. we want white people to stand up and use their privilege. But then sometimes it, it comes with, like... Like, a black woman was still accosted because of this, right? And, like, while that was definitely not her intention, it didn't have anything to do with her. It's like being an ally. It's like sometimes the shit still trickles down to us. Yeah. And so I just thought that was interesting. And then I kind of cocked my head a little bit at her speech while it was great. But it's like, just pay black women equal because we're humans, not because one day we'll thank you for doing this. Yeah. That part I didn't like. But... I know what she was saying, and I'm trying very hard Look not to at you. scrutinize I'm everyone. I'm so proud of you because I was I was definitely waiting on a big butt, like I mean, something Michelle did, yeah, Michelle White, Michelle, right? Williams. And to me, because she didn't have to speak up, she didn't have to talk about women of color at all. Mm-hmm. So I do hear that. I do think that there was still a lot of privilege in her statement, but there's going to be. She's a blonde white woman. And so similar to Chelsea Handler, which you have been telling me to watch this documentary, I got to gird my loins for that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like she literally she dated a guy, a black guy in high school. She did drugs with him. He got arrested, sent to jail. She goes back to find him. First of all, he's fine as hell. And they look so happy to see each other. Um, of course. But she's just not realizing that all the times that um, that they would get pulled over for smoking or whatever, she, he would get locked up and she would just, like, get sent on her merry way. Anyway. This I'm is- glad she came to that point <laughs> after the man's human humanity has been taken away from him for how many years? It was more about Black Michelle Williams just being t- oh yeah tired. Like, like why do we even even with when this white woman is trying right. to like stand up for Black women, right. Black woman still has to right. Be. So then White Michelle Williams has to like do yet another right act and be like, hey trolls, hey leave was- Black women alone. <laughs> it's just like the cycle is vicious. I love it. All right, um, politics. This is yeah. a big oh my announcement God. week. So much so first of all this section is called impeachment bust down (laughs) bust down Tatiana because I have been living for the news that the house has launched an official impeachment inquiry into Donald J. Trump his middle name is J uh John oh Donald John Trump okay um so a whistleblower uh, who we now know to be a CIA officer filed That is complaint. such a title, too. 
What? I just always love that term because hey, it's so and it's so hey. like just like it's so descriptive of like <laughs> flag on the play. Something's happening over here. They're doing something here. Hey, 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 look over here. <laughs> um, so he filed a complaint um, that Trump pressured the Ukrainian president in a phone call to investigate Joe Biden. So Joe Biden's son had like a business. No, over, is this his over son there. that has died? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, this is Hunter Biden. Okay. Um, so, so, uh, so yeah. So basically, it came out that not only did Trump do this, but they tried to silence the whistleblower. They like, they tried to hide the call like in some like off network server. Um, and then news just broke literally last night that this server contains other conversations including with Russians that Trump has been hiding from the American public. So this truly... <laughs> you better blow that damn whistle. Please, blow all the whistles. <laughs> this truly feels like a moment. Like, I was... It was like at midnight or something where the, the latest news came out. And, like, I, it was like one of those moments where I'm like, oh, this is, like, something's happening. Right. Like, this, you can feel, like, the tone starting to shift. And, like, Republicans in the, con- in the House are breaking off and supporting the, the impeachment now. And it's like, oh, oh, now y'all see. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Um, and so I'm, I'm very, you know, ob- obviously interested and, you know, excited by the news, as are a lot of us. Um, but my only... My point with this was that, yes, this is great that our system is working, but I want to make sure that we don't stop shining a light on the things that Trump is continuing to do. His administration and officials and cabinet are continuing to do while this media circus is happening. Because, you know, we remember what happened with Clinton, even with Nixon, like the impeachment trials are on all day, every day. Um, News comes out all day, every day. And... Whenever we know that, whenever big headlines are happening, that's when the they Trump do administration the do stuff. the shadiest stuff. Right. So, for example, um, for example, you know, uh, I saw a story recently that he wanted to uh, take Fannie Mae and Freddie and Freddie Mac uh, back private, which would um, make home. Who, who are these people? <laughs> They're the agencies. That, I thought it was Sally Mae. That's that's the uh, student loan. Oh. Organization. Okay. Fannie and Freddie are the ones. <laughs> they just sound like old auntie, they auntie don't. and uncle. They're the ones who are uh, responsible for the um, the dissemination of home loans. Oh, got um, it. Okay. And so those are public agencies. The Trump administration wants to take them back private, which a lot of people are saying that um, would make homeownership more difficult, especially for minorities. Um, there's other things like, um, you know, just this week, a judge had to block their attempt to detain migrant kids for longer times in cages. So, <laughs> so I just say all this to say, yes, impeachment bust down. Let's get it. Um, let's, you know, we can throw it at the parties. Um, but let's remember that they're gonna they're still doing stuff and they're gonna continue do, to do stuff while they 
uh, or empower. Right. And also, I feel like you actually helped me come to this point today. Is like, I mean, when we talked about it this week, is like, yes, it would be great to have him out tomorrow, but let's also remember that like 2020 is quickly approaching. Like, we still need to stay on top of who that candidate is, and like, we still need to vote in our local elect. Right. It's like we can't just be like mm-hmm. Trump's going to be out. All our problems are going to be solved. Yeah. Um. And so. This week I've been reading – so The Root does this thing every week, which I'm going to put in the show notes. It's a really good weekly read. It's called 2020 Presidential Black Power Ranking. Okay. And they talk about the top 8 to 10 presidential candidates and, like, rank them up and down based on, like, what happened during that week. And so something big that was happening behind the scenes while we're all talking about – impeachment bust down Mm -hmm. (laughs) is that the future act uh, which is a bipartisan bill that provides 255 million to minority serving institutions and 85 million dollars to hbcu specifically um is up for expiration on monday wow the senate is currently sitting on it and who's in control of the senate right now republicans And the annual funding is set to expire on Monday unless the Senate can get past Education Committee Chair Lamar Alexander, who is the Republican from Tennessee. Can we talk about how Lamar Alexander is actually a white man? I'm sure he is with this black ass name. (laughs) Um, And he's currently sitting on the bill. And Uh, Lamar, act your namesake. Right. Because you know. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, it's coming up on Monday. Obviously, we have a lot of things going on in the Senate, but. The biggest interest for me here is that we currently have Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and Cory Booker, who are all senators, who are currently running for 2020 presidential mm. race, and not one of them has said a word. What about Kamala? Because she not only is she a senator, but she also went to an HBCU. I haven't heard anyone talking about it. I can't be for sure. I know for sure that the three I just named have mm-hmm. not. I am not positive about Kamala. Um, but I just think it's interesting specifically with Elizabeth Warren and Bernie who are like out here for black votes, always Mm -hmm. talking about reparations real hard, like talking about like how they want to help, uh, the automobile unions, which are majority black. But this is like something that literally could help hundreds of thousands of black students specifically. Um, and no one seems to be seeing the deadline on it. Um, and so I, I'll be honest that I didn't know about it until reading. And that's why I think this black power ranking is great because mm-hmm. it really does bring about the things that are going to be very important to black voters specifically yeah. and tells you what each candidate is or isn't saying about it. Like you said, impeachment is on everyone's brain and that is important. But we also have to think about the things that like are going to affect us tomorrow because he's not going to be out of office tomorrow. No, and then even if yeah. he were to be. We got Pence. And even if he were to, right, it's just like we got a long way. And so we have to really exercise what we can to make sure that mm-hmm. this is just done soon. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, so in our next section about business and work, mm-hmm. um, so I came across this item in the New York Times. Um, and the headline says basically that, uh, when competing for salaries, English majors outlast engineers, which hmm. completely gagged me because yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that. Yeah, like we're taught usually that STEM related degrees, you know, and STEM obviously being science, tech, engineering, and mathematics, get you all the money. Um, it, it's, you know, uh, medical, that includes medical uh, professions, engineering, obviously. 
um, develop like web development, mm-hmm. um, statistics, all this stuff. Um, there is, it's basically a given that if you go into these more quote unquote complicated fields that you'll start making more money and like be more secure. But the, this New York times story like looks at a couple different studies um, that show that it's actually like more complicated than that. According to the census bureau's American community survey, um, it showed that by age 40 salaries for STEM jobs start stalling because, you know, for say for example, you need a technical skill. You're like a coder. It's developer. changed so much. It, like te- the rate of change with technology today is like you always have. If you're a coder or developer, you always have to be knowing like a new language. Yeah, I you know, can a new see coding that. language, a new like skill. Like you know, AI for example, artificial intelligence is is a big um, field right now. So a lot of technology skill is moving toward that. So now, if you graduated with you know this one um, expertise, now you have to like. In less you have than to a constantly year. be, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, folks like us, <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about me specifically as an English major, um, you know, we, um, the studies show that folks like us, we, our, not only do, is this pertaining to the education that we get in college, but also on our jobs, they tend to focus on more like whole person development mm-hmm. with skills like communication and problem solving and collaboration. And what ends up happening is we end up being more versatile um, in our careers and able to take on more things and not having specialized in this one field technology where, you know, which is evolving uh, so fast. Turns out we could, in there. We could go a long way with these uh, liberal arts degrees. I don't know where my <laughs> degrees fits though. Cause I'm like, in the, I'm in humanities, but I'm in like the social and soft sciences. Well, they included that too. So like they included social studies mm-hmm. and history. You know. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I I think that like those soft because they actually use that term soft mm-hmm. soft skills. Mm-hmm. They actually use that in the in the article. So I think maybe psychology would fall would under fall that, in especially there. if it's a sp- specific kind of psychology. Yeah. Right? Well, I will say like obviously I'm not living the dream out here but my degree i'm so happy that my degree was kind of like bridging analytical and the creative because i do feel like there's there's not many jobs that aren't super technical that i don't feel like i could do Mm -hmm. whether that be like operations like on the human resource side Mm -hmm. like it helps you everywhere Mm -hmm. so and even like with you specifically with a psychology degree Marketing is all psychology. Mm-hmm. So and buying, of, which is how I started right. in fashion. And think about if you ever wanted to like move over. You, you're on the back end now with operations. But think about if you ever wanted to move to marketing and mm-hmm. fashion. You know, I imagine that that would yeah. help you. Yeah. You know. So thanks, student loans. <laughs> um, and then I just like had a quick mention for our work section. So I heard about this podcast this week um, that... 29 so you know refinery 29 has a black woman platform called unbothered and Mm -hmm. they have a podcast called go off sis (laughs) and i love it because they talk a lot about just like what it means to be right what it means to be a black woman in a workspace and like be paid less and be asked dumb questions about your hair and like it just felt when i listened to it i felt very like oh all right Mm -hmm. so um for black girls specifically, I would check out Go Off Sis because it's just nice to hear that we're not out here being asked dumb questions alone. Mm-hmm. We're all hearing it. For sure. Yes. Um, to our guest today, who I am obsessed with. <laughs> um, so Mami Amba 
Arthur Price is the founder of Map Credit Solutions, but she also has 10 plus years experience in HR, compensation benefits, benefit programming. So she taught us all the things we never knew. So please come back. Come back. Yes. Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a lot of other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's basically everything you need to make a podcast all in one place and what we use to record your business. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right. Our guest today is Mamiamba Arthur Price, who is the founder of Map Credit Solutions. And we are so excited to have you all the way from Chicago, right? That's right. The shy. Yeah. (laughs) I love Chicago, but I've been once in the summer and then once in February, which like don't ever, like for what? Don't come in February. Not a good yes. one. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was so bad. Yes, yes, yes. Very cold, <laughs> but it's awesome. I do like um, being here because we've got the four seasons. So that that's a, that's a plus. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, okay. So you have been in corporate for a super long time, right? Like yes. you have an HR background in compensation and benefits and structure development and just all of the human resources things that none of us probably understand when we're <laughs> filling out <laughs> when we're filling out our onboarding packets. Yes. Um, and then you made the really tough, what I feel like is a tough move from corporate to business owner. So yes. how did you how did you take that very first leap? So I actually took the first leap. I had been um, working for very large organizations um, and you know went into kind of like the tech startup world. And I think that kind of gradually prepared me to take that leap because I was helping others build their business, HR structural standpoint. And so what I thought was um, a very natural progression was, hey, why don't I take these these skills and this skill set and move it into um, something that is going to actually be helping people, primarily focusing not only on like, you know, my community um, as, as black folks, but also focusing on, you know, like recent college graduates or, or what have you. So um, it was, it, it's scary. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I think it just, you know, just being read in business and then having the hands-on experience with helping people um, get their stuff together on the HR front, it just, it, it, it felt good, but it's scary. So I feel like, you know, with that variety of experience, I'm sure that you know a ton about just like human resources and the compensation part of it and the benefits part of workplace um, in a lot of different industries. So is there one thing that you're always kind of surprised that people don't know about? Absolutely. Yeah, I would love to yeah. hear that because I definitely yeah. I just don't feel like I know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, so, like, one of the things that I would say that was very surprising um, to, to me is like, and and it may be surprising to me, but I, I think that I, I can understand it because I'm so deep into it, so it's hard. Um, but people actually have no idea 
about like their financial wellness. And as I was listening to a couple of your podcasts, I was really impressed that, you know, you folks are focusing on that. Um, but I, cause I started my, my career in like the retirement space. Mm. So when people think about like money, they don't really think about, okay, long-term growth, short-term goals. And then of course, you know, how does credit play into that? So yeah, you can make all this money, but if your credit is not there, you're going to end up paying a lot more. That was what made me um, take this business venture quite seriously and say, Hey, you know, people don't actually know about this. I mean, I took a look at my own credit and I realized, wait a minute, there's a couple of like basic things that are incorrect that actually lower, lower my score. And, and, you know, I feel like I have great credit, but I didn't actually fully understand and know that. And that's one of the things, and that's the, the gap that I'm trying to close. Right. right. So, so yeah, that's, so that's a good segue to map credit solutions. Can you tell us the, about the services that, uh, that you provide? Um, and then we'll get into some nitty gritty credit stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, we, absolutely. we need to know all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Mount Credit Solutions is, uh, is, is, is my company. Um, what we provide is basically credit um, services. Um, and it's not just credit repair. So it's, it's more of a holistic view. And I would consider myself a boutique firm in, in that. So like, you know, some of the big names like a Lexington Law, they're just going to fix your credit, but they're not going to be able to explain to you, you know, what are some of the steps that you can take to actually not fall into either A, the bad habits, or B, like, you know, making sure that your, you know, basic details are correct. So one of the things that I, I do when I start off is I, I want to just, I get an analysis from folks. Uh, I do an analysis, but I get a feel for what it is that they're trying to do. How did you end up here? Whether it be by referral or whether it be because you were turned down for a car loan or you weren't able to get qualified for a mortgage. Um, and then I take you through a credit analysis. So that credit analysis basically opens my folks up to, um, or my clients, I would say, up to understanding how important credit is and what they're, what they're not saving by not having good credit and what they can stand to gain and put money back into their pocket. And so when we go through that credit analysis, I, on their behalf, and I have a client portal um, on their behalf, I then uh, send out the the, uh, the the disputes directly to all three credit bureaus. And I have that and so the, on their behalf. And so they get it. And then, of course, I ask them to make sure that they plug me in. When they plug me in by letting me know um, how the disputes are going, because it, it is a slow process, you know, it, it does take time. But when they're starting to see some of those results, what happens is their credit will continue to go up. So I've had some really great success stories uh, as a result of that. Um, it, just, you know, with errors, right, where folks have paid mm -hmm. off their student loans. And you know what? No one decided to report it back to the credit bureaus to let them know, hey, this, this loan's actually been paid off. And it's held the person up from getting something as simple as a cell phone um, contract. Wow. So like stuff like that. And I mean, and there was lots of duplicate accounts that were there. I mean, things that are so basic that you don't, I found errors on mine, right? So like, those are the sort of things. So we go through several rounds. Um, I don't dispute any more than five um, uh, inquiries into the three credit bureaus at a time. Because one of the things that 
you have to watch out for is that they will uh, consider that frivolous, any, any more than five. And so some might ask, well, you know, I see that when I go out, you know, onto like Experian or Equifax, I can, you know, dispute this myself online. Well, the reason why that doesn't work is they don't have to take it seriously. They're not bound by law to do anything mm. in that way. They're bound by law, um, you know, the, the, the F, F, FCRA to respond to you when you send it by mail. And, and they know that oftentimes in this, you know, tech world right. um, that we are, are in, people are going to do that. So that's where I come in. And so I have I have a team of, of people, um, meaning lawyers, too, if we need to go down that road, uh, that will do that. On, on, oh, on you're ready. Exactly. Exactly. If we got to figure out how to Olivia Pope this, we will. Yes. So, so Mamba, you said something that was really interesting to me that I had never heard of. Um, yeah. When you talked about how having good credit can help you save, um, what, oh, what, yes. what do you mean by that? So when you think about dollars, your dollars, and, and people look at it, you know, when people look at savings, they think of it one dimensionally, meaning long term savings or, hey, I have this savings in my bank account. So long term savings, meaning like 401k, you know, or 403b or, you know, those sort of vehicles or an IRA. Um, and, and then short-term savings, like what do I have in my savings account through my regular mm-hmm. bank? When you think about saving, when I think about savings and what I try to get people to start to look at is it's also what you're not shelling out. So that's a different, you know, uh, concept for a lot mm-hmm. of folks, you know, so savings as, hey, you know, I have a $300,000 mortgage and if I'm going to get a 3%, you know, um, a 3% rate on that 30-year mortgage versus a 6.5%, you would have, for the life of that loan, would have paid double. So think about what you're saving back into your pocket. And if you are prepared to pay that 6%, that's awesome. You could then turn that money into something else. But you're actually saving yourself from the immediate shelling out of those dollars. Right, because I, I had a question on here about the relationship between having your credit score and interest rates. So you, you're basically hitting on yes. that right there. Like if you That's the, right. the better your credit score, the... Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. Whatever temperatures this winter brings, your friendly and knowledgeable Bryant dealer is ready to help. We have the right training and support and are backed by outstanding products from one of the industry's most trusted names, Bryant. Whether you need a quick fix or an entirely new heating system, we will do whatever it takes for your family's comfort. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Bryant, whatever it takes. Less you will pay and um, an annual percentage uh, points. And an APR, absolutely. And and what's really, really sad, you would think it would be the other way around, right? right? Like, <laughs> hey, 
You know, like I obviously don't have enough money. That's why my credit's like this or whatever the case may be. Right. Like I can't do it. But they're like, well, if you can't do it, we're going to make sure that you really can't do it. And so I'm here to help change that dichotomy. And that that gets to a question I have, like credit score seems not as formulaic as one would think. Right. Like I think when I was younger, I was just like, all right, you like either don't have credit cards at all, because I thought that was the solution. If you do, you pay them off right away. And then you have good credit. Like I thought it was just like a formula, but it seems, I know it's not, but it seems almost personal that they're just like, well, like you asked us too many questions and we don't like that. So we're gonna like, like, is there kind of unspoken things like that, that don't have really anything to do with your buying power or your, or your spending habits? Yes. So I, and I, and thank you for bringing that question up because that's part of what I show people within their credit analysis. So there, there is a very, it is formulaic, but what, what happens where it feels personal is some folks aren't checking. So, and and unfortunately a lot of it is, is, is on us because we don't know to check. And so that's why I'm, I'm here to, you know, help folks, you know, understand, Hey, wait a minute, I need to make sure that, you know, you know, this, so 30%, believe it or not, of your credit history is, is the amount that you actually owe. Your payment history is 35% of your, your, your credit wow. score. So if you've, been, if you've been delinquent or, you know, what, what have you on like one bill, it could be like something as stupid as, as like a cell phone bill that's like a hundred bucks or whatever. But if you were delinquent past that 30 days, it's going Oh, they're credit. so petty. <laughs> So yes, so it's going on that credit. And so the amount that you actually have, so, you know, I I call it like capacity versus what you actually are, 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 are owing is that 30%. And then the length of time is actually only 15%. Wow. That's it. So they don't even care. You could have been, and that's why you see a lot of folks that are older that, you know, I, at least in, in my, in my case, who have beautiful, long history is their credit, but it doesn't mean right. anything because maybe their, their payment history wasn't there because maybe they had a bankruptcy or a foreclosure. Um, and, and those things we work out yeah. as well, but again, within the confines of what the law um, states that we can do, but people will have stuff on there that I see interestingly, that they have paid off and then boom, it's still on there or it has passed the statute of limitation and it's still on there. Um, And then new credit is only 10%, right? So like that, so all these things are lower, but the two pieces that I want everybody to know is your payment history and the actual, your debt to income ratio or your capacity versus the amount that you owe are the biggest, biggest drivers Mm. of credit. Um, and I had just one more quick question um, while we're talking about things that can affect your credit. What what are some of the biggest factors um, specifically that can kind of creep up on us or catch us off guard and lead to a low credit score? Because like you said, like sometimes you don't even, it could be like something that happened 10 years ago and, you know, they just That's made right. a petty and filed it and you didn't even know it was on there or you thought, you thought it was That's resolved, right. you know, through the uh, dispute resolution and it wasn't. So can you talk about some of the things that kind of creep up and, and affect our, our score? Absolutely. One of the biggest things and like a lot of the people that, you know, I've worked with, you know, we all have it. We've all had college debt. 
I'm telling you, the Department of Education is relentless and they don't take it off. So you may have paid it, but it's not there. That's one of the, the, that's one of the biggest ones that I've been able to dispute and get off because, you know, they're not necessarily following the, 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 the rules here because they don't really have to until you say something about it or until you need something and then mm. you check. So that that is one of the, the, the biggest culprits. Um, and then another thing that I see is like, you know, um, I don't know what you guys call it out there, but like our energy bills, like we have mm-hmm. ComEd here. Uh, I know in Cali, it's PG&E or what have you. So those utility bills or utility companies, they oftentimes don't go back and report necessarily when you've had wow. to settle. And so things happen. So you've moved and you forgot to you know, to pay the final bill, but you thought you did because you transferred to another place within that confines of the state or what have you. And guess what? They didn't report that. And so it's out there like you didn't pay that bill. So that will creep up on you when it's time to try to buy a house, when it's time to, you know, buy, purchase a vehicle. So those are the, I would say that the two main. And what um, can we do to like prepare for that or like be ready for it, you know, to, to handle it um, when that, when an instance like that comes up? Like, do we, do we, should we be more proactive and just like checking all these things? Okay. I lived here. I lived here. Let me make sure like, I don't have any bills left from this place. Yeah. So, so you can do that as, as, as one mode of making sure that you've got this cleared up. The other mode I would say is to make sure that you at least take a look. I mean, if you can get your, um, you know, annual credit report once a year now, right? So like back in the day, you couldn't get that. So now you can get it once a year. You can go out and at least just at least view the history. Although I will tell you that won't tell you your credit score, but it will at least give you a baseline of what accounts are on and, 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 and not on. And then that way you can then, you know, figure out ways to then look at how that particular account is affecting your score by going through like my, mm-hmm. my process, you know, quite frankly, because the problem with that is you don't know how that's, that particular account is affecting your score because they're, they're just showing you who's, you know, inquired about your, um, about your uh, credit. They're only in, um, you know, showing you what accounts that are there or are delinquent or are, are active and in good standing, but they're not telling you what those things and how those, those accounts are actually affecting your total mm. score. And so uh, I, I do that. Awesome. <clears throat> so I have a question. I want to talk about credit cards. Cause I feel like that has the word yes, credit in yes. it. And that's like what we think of first. And I remember I, I got my first credit card at, in grad school. So I was like 21, 22, because I had just like avoided them. I had too many friends in college get themselves in so much trouble because we had no idea how credit worked. And so I just didn't have any, but then I wanted to rent my first apartment and they wouldn't let me because I didn't have any credit. And so I like then got some, but then didn't actually know what what I was supposed to do with them. So I just feel (laughs) like I, you know, I've heard a lot of black kids specifically say that their parents have just told them to avoid credit. I know like I have family members who still keep money under the mattress. Yeah, I never even want to have a conversation. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my, but the only conversation I had with my parents about credits was don't get credit cards. <laughs> They're just like, yeah, but then when it was time for me to rent an apartment, I was, I didn't have any credit. Mine, when my mom was like, you better pay off that credit card before you get a bad credit score. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. That's all we know. It's like, 
You better pop the gap. Yeah. 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 I feel like it's, it's similar to the sex talk that some of us get, where it's just like, don't do it. Right. So I would say if you want to have credit cards, absolutely, you, you you need to have a credit card. But we need to figure out, okay, if I'm putting this on credit, you need to think of the credit card right. like a debit card. So you need to be able to put it back. And then what are you actually getting from the credit card? So like in my case, you know, I have credit cards, like I have a gas card. What do I get? Rewards from the gas. I get rewards on gas. And guess when the bill comes, I'm paying it at the end. Um, and then you know, I got my Amex, which I get like the Centurion Club. You know, I, I when I was traveling a whole lot. So it gave me rewards that way. Um, so like I would say what's a healthy amount of cards that you would want to get is probably around three to five credit cards um, in order to be able okay. to build your credit history. But you, you but you want to make sure that like you can pay it off at the end because what will eat you up yeah. Yeah. is that interest. So when you're, so, so, so then you're losing again, you're losing. So any, like any, when anything you think about when it comes to credit or finances, You've got to think of it as cash versus thinking of it as mm, a payday loan. Because a lot of people, you know, do do payday loans too. I mean, I've seen yeah. that on people's credits, and it was like, I'm gonna need you not to do that, but not because they 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 didn't know um, that it was that they had to pay this back, but because they didn't realize what the interest rate, you know, right. accumulation would be. So. And that's the biggest part about being responsible about credit cards. And then a lot of people, when like when you have a bad credit score, say you're you know it's it's dip below, you know to where it, it's considered good anymore. Right, right, right. Um, it's almost like you kind of feel stuck, right? Like I don't know Correct. how to fix this. In order to fix this, I gotta like pay off something big that I don't, you know, that I don't, with money that I don't really have right now, I have to apply for, right. apply for that. So like, if I'm like, if, if there's a listener right now who like has a horrible credit score for some, some things have just piled up, like what's the first thing that they can do to kind of start to dig themselves out of that? First thing I tell all folks is stop applying for stuff. Okay. Right. Just stop. <laughs> I'm going to need you to stop applying for this right. because that is the, because the inquiries also affect your credit score. Um, and so stop applying for it because you're not actually getting it. So if you're not getting it and then you already have a low score, then guess what? Your score is going to continue to, to, to get, to, to decrease. Okay. Um, so that's number one. And then number two is, Pay your bills on time. So pay your bills on time and then try to see um, if there's ways, if you do have stuff where it's been completely um, lost in the shuffle because you were paying it on time, figure out a way to settle with the creditor directly and ask them, don't, don't just settle, but ask them to settle with you for the for for them to take that off your credit hmm. i do that on behalf of my of my clients i'll just reach out and or have them reach out um formally to say hey we're going to settle this amount that we owe so if before it gets to the charge off which is like basically you have gone into collections at this point and we're going to charge this off okay great we will settle with this amount however i'm going to need you to work with me to get this off of this credit and sh- and then send me a formalized letter for that so that we can then work with the credit bureaus to get it off. That's really smart. I, I didn't know you could 
Me neither. I don't talk I don't talk to my creditors enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm always on the line. Yes. <laughs> okay, and so what about I feel like credit cards and student loans are like a millennials Molotov cocktail of why we don't have any money. Those two things combined are Molotov like cocktail. just the bad part. <laughs> and I know for me personally, while Thankfully, my credit is good. I do have more student loans than I do good credit, right? And so it's just like a really hard balance. And so do you have advice that maybe you give your clients about how to deal with that when your debt is like this isolated education debt, right? It's not because you went crazy with your credit cards and you're paying it off as you can. But is there a way to kind of balance that? Because we don't want to just like get more credit cards to balance out the student loan debt. No, you don't. I, I think it's it's really been going back to how are you saving? And I know that's a really hard thing because, you know, I've been there where it was like, okay, well, there's really not much to save when I make, you know, $50,000 or $70,000 or whatever right. your, 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 your income is. And Fannie Mae is at me right now. So like, I got to do this. So what does that look like? Um, definitely don't go get an additional credit card or additional debt, um, I would just say pay things or set aside money as, as, as little as you can bit by bit. And also look at like your lifestyle. What do you have that you don't necessarily need to have right now? Or how are you doing things like in your, you know, in your budget that, that, that will help. And one of the things that I have on my portal is because I, this is not just about fixing your credit. This is about changing your lifestyle on how you look at money. And so I have a, um, in the client portal that that I give to folks is a a budget worksheet. Mm. Like, Hey, let's list this stuff out. Let's figure out like, Hey, is there money in here that, you know, um, that I could be looking into. And, and some of the folks, they, they love that. I mean, and then I even share my own spreadsheet. So I'm over the top with budgeting. But I'll tell you, like, just seeing folks, like, not being prepared, that was the, 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 the key driver. And so this is, to me, like, one of the missing links in terms of credit and how that works really closely with the, the, the wealth that you've earned. So it's not about just the wealth that you've earned, but how do you preserve that? Right. And that's the missing link that I think a lot of people don't right. have. And that's, sorry, I just like also had a thought when you were talking about the percentage of our credit that is con- connected to the length of time that you've had a credit history yes. and how for Black people in this country, we are already 400 plus years <laughs> behind because of a little thing called slavery. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> it's like, what is a way that we can like, I mean, I don't know if equality is it, but even just get to a point where we are even like setting up the next generation for it. Like is, I think basically what I'm asking, like, is there a secret that white people know that we don't as far as like, as far as like how they set up their children for I success for this? Okay. I can't put that question, but I'm totally going to answer it. There is a secret. And that secret is we need to stop telling our kids not to get hurt. Mm. So that, that that's number one. So it kind of ties back into 
the mm. myths that we all have had about credit and don't just right. don't do it. It, it, you know it what I'm makes saying? sense um, though for like for black parents to tell because. their kids like back in the day, like don't get that credit because it can mess you up. hundred you know? percent. So they're really trying to protect them right. because yeah. they're predatory. Because right. they can. Yeah. I mean, they're right, right? They're, 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 they were not wrong at right. that time. Because you also have to remember when they were telling us that it wasn't like we were going out and getting these jobs similar to our white counterparts and getting right. paid the same. So if you did get that credit card, were you going to be able to actually True. pay it back? And the answer is right. probably not. Because you weren't going to get paid, you know, uh, you know, Timmy and Johnny over here were making, you know, fifty thousand dollars, and you were making twenty for that right. same job. Yeah, so, so you can't so, be out so, here I acting mean, like that, that. <laughs> right? And you can't be you right. can't elbow. So, you know, so you can't you can't do that. Um, but what I will say is, we need to start to educate our kids younger about money credit and that's the, the that's the head start that white families have that mm-hmm. we do not and so I don't even know if I want to even tie it just to white families because it's very socioeconomically mm-hmm. based so it's 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 yeah if you're a middle class white family you're going to have a different experience than a middle class black family because that middle class black family had to probably work twice as hard to become middle right. class and keep it that way right and so when we start to kind of teach our kids, because they're not doing it in schools unless, you know, like you are lucky enough to have a school that's right. teaching that, but no one's teaching that. They're teaching that at home. So we just need to educate our kids about the value of a dollar. I know that sounds very cliche, but it is very, very true. And how that dollar can work for you. We like to take ask each of our experts to give like one very practical takeaway that like our listeners, once they're done listening to this episode, they can do today. And so my question for you is what is something I can do today to be smarter about my credit? First, if you haven't yet requested your credit report, go out to, um, I think it's annualcreditreport.com. It's free to at least take a look at what accounts are there so that you at least have an idea of, 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 of where you stand and, you know, what inquiries. Inquiries last are, are supposed to only be on your credit for two years, um, seven to 10 years for everything else. Mombi, can you just like solutions our whole life, please? Like, can you also help me with like my relationships? I'm looking for an apartment. Like, I just like need some real help, and you seem to have all the answers. I know. Okay, we are so thankful for you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this today. Oh, of course, this was such a great. And the next time I'm in New York, uh, yes, JJ, roll out. Yes, I will be there. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad we got connected. Yes, yes, yes. All right. It was so nice meeting you, JJ. You too, Mombi. Yeah, thank we'll, you. All we'll right. Talk soon. Thank you. I'll be on okay. All right. Bye bye. Well, just get us together, Mombi. I love her. I love a smart black woman. <laughs> sure I love you. it. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for LLC? Let's do it. Let's zo- <laughs> let's do <zoom> it. <laughs> All right. Do you, what'd you learn? I learned that apparently I need a Finsta. <laughs> I don't even think I knew what a Finsta was. What? 
I know. I've seen it. I've seen the term, but I always thought like it reminded me of the term wankster. So <laughs> a white gangster. Yeah, it's like a fake gangster. So like I thought that Finster was like a fake, a fake Instagrammer or something. Like a person. Oh, like a spammer. Yeah. Like yeah. a troll, maybe. Exactly. Oh, so okay. I a, <laughs> so I had a meeting with this very cool guy. Um, his name is L. Lewis. He's a, a, a social media influencer, but he's also a fashion consultant. Ooh. Entrepreneur. Um, and he was just... <laughs> he was telling me about how... Well, I, I was lamenting the fact that all of my social platforms often get uh consumed by my work life right mm-hmm. and so it feels like i have to like either be professional or be um be natural and authentic and post whatever i want to on like instagram or or twitter or whatever or snapchat um and he his first question was well do you have a finsta <laughs> and i was like what exactly how cool <laughs> he's so cool he sounds so cool <laughs> Um, so yeah, apparently, like you said, a Finsta is a fake Instagram right. account. And it started with kids who were trying to like not let their parents, let their parents see, see yeah. what they were posting. And it's actually not fake in the sense that it's really you being you. Isn't that something? Yeah. That's but that, the real but that is what's called the fake Insta that's what's called the Finsta, the yeah. real you, which yeah. says so much about how technology has And like, what Instagram us. is, yeah. Um so yeah, so apparently this is a thing that I might need to do because I I struggle often with for example and on this podcast, you know, we we give our social media handles <clears throat> and like I'm directing you guys to JB Fly on Instagram, but you know, when you go to my page, you might see pictures of me and my boyfriend. You might see um a picture of one of the X-Men that somebody drew that I liked, mm-hmm. you know, which has absolutely nothing to do with what I do for a living. But why does it have write to? about journalism. Or <laughs> journalize about uh, business. Right. <laughs> um, I don't think it has to, but I do think that, and th- this is a larger issue that we probably don't have time for, but I do think that social media has cannibalized the internet to where... You know, typically it would be so important for for me to have a website to have all that. But now, like your IG profile is like your brand representation, mm-hmm. right? And so, my brand's not necessarily you know Steven Universe or, or X Men or like the Black Panther movie. Mm-hmm. You know, my brand. Do you have is, it in your profile? I do. I have like I have believer, journalist, and co-host of your business pod. You know, that's the most important to me. <laughs> but you know, I don't know if you're getting journalists, you know, from uh, your post. from my profile. Yeah. And, and that's also because, you know, I, I, um, when I'm, when I'm journalizing again, like, it's like, <laughs> it's like I'm doing, I'm having calls and writing on my laptop, you know? Right. And then, and then at times, and what made me think about this recently as well is when I was in Atlanta, I was in some pretty cool spaces where it would have been, it would have been cool to like take out my Instagram and like shoot some photographs or whatever or like do like a IG story, but I did none of that because I was like, mm, "Is this my, perf-? you know, like?" Mm-hmm. So I I often feel torn, and so I guess now I'm going to start archiving certain pictures on my current IG that don't really reflect my brand mm-hmm. and start a finsta. I'll let you know how it goes. All right, <laughs> tap me in to this. <laughs> Fake. I think I'm gonna keep mine, okay. but 
I mean, I do know a lot of people, especially people that like some of my friends that are in fashion on the editorial side, right? right. They're like creative directors. So it's like right. theirs has to be like this, but when they want to drink, they want to put it on their Finsta or they want to put it on their Instagram story and you can make it so just your close friends can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Loved or canceled. <laughs> we need a pick me up. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how much of a pick me up this is going to be, but I still loved it. So there was an article in the Los Angeles Times um, that was basically an excerpt uh, from an upcoming memoir um, called Think Black. Uh, and it's by Clyde W. Ford, um, who was an IBM software engineer from 1971 to 1977. And his memoir is about his father, um, John Stanley Ford, who was the first black software engineer in America hired by IBM in 1946. And so I love this for a lot of different reasons. So in the piece, which again is an excerpt, uh, an excerpt of his book, he talks about how the roots, what we're seeing now with technology uh, perpetuating um, racism in America, you know, when we talk about like facial recognition software and algorithms that like, you know, discriminate against us on, <laughs> on, um, platforms like Facebook, um, what we're saying now, there is a long, long history of technology companies, um, uh, so lending their tools to enact and perpetuate racism. And I just, I had no idea some of the things that he, services here probably because i just <laughs> didn't do a lot of reading on it so for example he talks about how um ibm in 1933 offered its services to hitler <laughs> oh um and so ibm's punch card technology um uh that basically like helped you know run the train schedules that took Jews to concentration camps. What? Um, yeah, that was all made by IBM. Um, Hitler actually gave IBM's founder, uh, Thomas Watson, a medal <laughs> um, in 1937, pinned it on him. Um, the medal has swastikas on it. Oh, Lord. Um, and he only- Watson, what are you doing? <laughs> exactly. Um, and he only... Um, returned the medal like when America entered uh, uh, the World War, you know. So, um, so that, so it was. So what do you love? So I love, <laughs> I love that. For one, as someone who covers like diversity in tech, it just serviced a lot of things. Even though all these horrible things were happening, his father still like did things like found out uh, the questions on the on the hiring exam and like passed them along to like um black women who who knew how to operate switchboards mm-hmm. and got them into IBM mm-hmm. and like you know tried to make a difference in in this industry that was you know had such capacity for evil so my loves i got a reminder from the universe yesterday and it was almost like a real life infographic of like how uh, inequality in this country works. Um, so I was standing, <laughs> I was at a subway station trying to go down the steps and there was just like a train had just come. So there was a whole crowd of people coming up and they were work- walking on both sides, which is annoying. But, you know, sometimes you just wait for it to clear out. So it was me. There was an Asian woman in front of me and there was a white woman behind me. 
the white woman pushes past me and the Asian woman to push her way down through the crowds of people, making people who are carrying strollers move over for her, right? She's just, which we could have done. Me and the Asian woman could have done it, but for what? Right. We're not going anywhere. It was like six o'clock on a Friday. I saw the world doesn't belong. The world doesn't belong to you. The the sub it was the G train. Like the steps are very uh thin, you know. So she pushed down, and my mind, I was just like, man, if that's not just like how whiteness in this country works. Like she saw, we were all waiting. You thought we were just waiting for nothing. But what I liked, so she pushes her way down. The Asian woman and I wait until the the steps clear. Push down. I get down there and the white woman swiped her card and it said insufficient funds. (gasps) So she had to go to the machine to fill it up. Me and the Asian woman swiped in. We walked up to the top. The train got there and we got on. Yes, she did. (laughs) Is that not an infographic of how it works? I, I loved, loved that. listen, <laughs> if I didn't Cruella DeVille laugh my way onto that train. You said you laugh at her. I was, I haven't been, I've never I been think, happier. I would have been like pointing my finger like out the door. <laughs> they the doors would have closed on my arm. I would be like, <laughs> I've never been happier. It's like you pushed on top of people coming up, but then also just jump the line in front of this black woman and this Asian woman to get to something that you couldn't even get. Mm. When if you just would have waited, who knows? Because the thing is, if you would have waited, the train had a couple minutes, you probably would have been it, but you just had to. Mm-hmm. You had to. And so I appreciate I'm trying to take in moments like that where I'm just like, this is why you do the right thing. Right. Right. Like, this is why you just wait for people to come up the stairs. That's it. My canceled is quick. It's from the root. They announce their Route 100, which they do every year. And I've had friends that have been nominated. Like, I'm I'm usually like very on board. Um, But their nominee for fashion this year for business and fashion is Virgil Abloh. <laughs> like, what? What's happening? Like, <laughs> what? What? Oh. What? <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I don't... Was he the only fashion person on there? Um, I think so. He was, like, in their fashion and business category. Hmm. But so there's... what? Uh, being black and having a company off called Off White and be off black <laughs> and being creative director of Louis Vuitton, like I'm very confused about what actual cultural impact he's done. And yeah. what what surprised me about that is that the root is typically very good. I've learned about yeah. a lot of people that I never heard of from yeah. them, like doing the research and really right. finding someone that's like impacting the community. I will say that he. I mean, we can debate on whether it's a positive impact, but. Niggas love off white, you know. Like I've I, I've seen people that walk down the street with an off white. To me, it's like us know? thinking that we are buying Uncle Ben's rice because there's a black man on it, <laughs> and that's agree. like I don't I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying that impact can be bad. Oh, a hundred percent. Impact can be it can be influential and not necessarily good. Influence. And you know the good thing you know the thing about tokens is that they will spend and that mm-hmm. they'll work. Well, there you go. That's it. 
I was just I was disappointed in that. I just felt like if you're going to do it from a fashion perspective, like uh, Brother Veli's, have you heard of that brand? Mm-hmm. Uh, Aurora James is the designer there, and she's so dope. Like, there's just like so many things yeah. that they could have done, and I even would have taken like the creative director of Balmain or like. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot. There's a lot, and I'm just I just get tired of these same people who really have to me proven to us that they are not kinfolk. Mm. Nothing about Virgil Abloh except for his skin lets me think that he is a part of this community and so like i just like i'm confused i i thought they could have dug a little deeper there and like i could send in 10 to 15 suggestions right i wonder what they what they described as his contribution well i'll put the link all right y'all thank you for hanging in with us again uh check the show notes click our patreon link please Mm -hmm. Um, follow us on Yo Business Pod on Twitter mm. and Instagram. You got anything? Uh, no, that's it. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. It's Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. Home is where you should feel the safest, but the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. We can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant, whatever it takes.